Hey guys, GBC podcast number 63. I'm Courtney Wise. I'm Shane Blankenship. Hey, if you're an avid follower, I'm really sorry that the last couple have not uploaded to um, iTunes, which is, I guess, the most popular place to get your podcast. It was in a secret folder that Shane found. (laughs) And so they'll be posted and you'll get all your podcasts over the last three weeks in one fell swoop. Yeah, so number 61, 62, and 63. And if you're listening to them in order, this announcement probably doesn't even matter because um, you'll oh. have already listened to 61, 62, and now you're on 63. Oh, yeah. But at least now you know what happened. Yeah, so sorry about that. Well, so now that we're on track, yesterday was Ash Wednesday, mm-hmm. and we had a service, and I thought it was really cool because I've never put ashes on my forehead before. Yeah. Is that weird? No, it's not weird. I mean, I think most people would think it's weird that you put ashes on your forehead. So, I mean, it is a, it's a, it's an ancient tradition. And I say ancient, I mean, it's about 2000 years old, right? It's as old as the Church of Rome. Um, Or I say as old as the Church of the Rome. I guess I can't really say that. But I do know that where the tradition started was with the first Christians in Rome, at the church in Rome. And where the tradition comes from, as far as the ash piece of it goes, is uh, the the Old Testament. So this would have been a Jewish thing. So these are Gentiles that are actually practicing this, but um, it would have been a Jewish thing to, you know, God says that we, when we are um, mourning, um, during that period of mourning, um, to put on sackcloth and ashes as a external sign that, that you're mourning, whether it's the loss of a, of a loved one um, or whatever it may be, um, that you're uh, mourning in repentance of sin or whatever, to put on sackcloth and ashes. Um, so a particular garment that you wouldn't have normally have worn, um, but that particular garment was symbolic of what was going on in your life at that time. And then again, um, putting um, ash in your hair um, or ash on your forehead, um, not in the side of the cross. I mean, we're doing that as Christians, um, again, from that tradition that had started in Rome, um, but, um, you know, covering themselves in ash. And again, that was that, that was that sign. And that's the connection though, to Ash Wednesday, um, is that we recognize again, um, from the dust we came to the dust that we're going to return. Um, and that we are, we are mortal beings, um, that we are, we are not immortal, um, that we're not forever, that we, God created us, um, and that we have a finite amount of time that we're here. And for those of us who belong to God, that time belongs to him. And so it becomes a season um, of, of repentance and drawing near to Christ in preparation for Easter. And so that's what those first Christians have done. It's a tradition that has been kept alive by the Catholic Church um, and by the Orthodox Church. Um, but it's not, it's not primarily, a, a, again, a Catholic thing or, um, or an Orthodox thing. It's a, it's a Christian thing. And if, you were, if, if we were in Europe, then we would, we would experience that, whether it's a Lutheran church um, or a Methodist church or you know, some kind of Baptist church um, from, from where the Anabaptist tradition started. I mean, depending on what kind of church you, you wind up in, I mean, this would be a tradition that goes across where you've got countries that are even observing um, like holidays um, or something. Yeah, the holy days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like there are high holy days in Christianity, and this is one of them. Um, and so depending on what kind of country you're in, there may be feasts and celebrations going on. Um, Italy, um, Spain, Germany even. You know, you've got some countries that, that practice Christmas a lot longer than we do. Um, so the, the Christmas season, uh, you know, is you know, weeks leading up to it and usually about two weeks following it. Um, and so, um, and these are, these are uh, weeks or days or whatever that's being practiced by the church. And the church are keeping those traditions alive. So when you come to the United States, 
you know, if you're like me and you've pretty much predominantly been around a Baptist church um, or, you know, a Baptist church that necessarily may not necessarily have Baptist on the sign, but they're still really a Baptist church. Right. Most people think that they're non-denominational. Um, it, I really, it depends on the flavor of that church and the culture of that church of whether they're doing it or not. Um, the church I grew up in did not do it. I've never done it. The ch- church I grew up in on staff at Hillview, it's always been a part of it. Um, why? Because um, it's a part of what they do at First Baptist Church. And Pastor Steve at Hillview, you know, that's where he grew up. Um, and so, but at First Baptist, you've got a high church tradition, or what I would call high church. You know, you've got the liturgical tradition that's going to be um, at, you've got, um, uh, the, you know, something that would be common in the Presbyterian church or in the Lutheran church or in the Methodist church. And so if you're Lutheran, if you're Presbyterian, if you're Methodist, there's a real good chance if you grew up in that, that you've been to Ash Wednesday. If you showed up on Ash Wednesday, you you had that experience. And so there were people here last night, you know, Methodists, that were like, hey, first time we've done this since we left the Methodist Church. You know, people, um, certainly Catholic, um, there was some. There was a, a young lady here last night um, from the, uh, she grew up in the Greek Orthodox tradition. Um, and so... It's kind of a cool experience. It was a very cool experience. So, do, like when you when you're thinking about the ashes on your head, like I I understand what you just said about the history, but do we mm, like go towards Lent thinking like what can I give up? Like how can I suffer alongside like Jesus did? I mean, am I on the right? So some people certainly take Lent that way. Um, Lent. Um, you know, the, the Lent season is, it starts with Ash Wednesday, um, and it's going to end on, I think it, ends, it actually ends on Easter. Um, I could be completely wrong on that, maybe the day before, um, or that Thursday before Easter. But anyways, um, the Lent season um, that, that happens is a season of fasting, mm-hmm. right? And where the tradition comes from is the 40 days and the 40 nights that Jesus spent in the wilderness. And so we use that as a... Um, um, as an example, if you will. And you know, that Lent season is a time of sacrifice or a time of um, uh, fasting where you're giving up something, uh, but you're doing it to draw close to God. And I, I think that's, that's, that's an important aspect of Lent because if you're just giving up something for Lent, just for the fact of giving up something, well, then you just gave up something. I mean, but there's nothing more to it. So you're like, um, I'm not going to drink Cokes for Lent. You know, I'm giving up sugar. Um, so any kind of processed sugar, I'm just not going to have it. Well, that, that, that's a great thing to do for your health. That's a fine thing to do. Um, I don't know how meaningful that is unless you're like a Coke thing. Unless you're like, man, I cannot do my day without Coke. And if that's the way it is, and you've got to have a Coca-Cola, um, ice cold one in your hand, at all times or whatever, well, then when you have that craving for a Coke, you go to Jesus. And you substitute that time that you would have spent doing that thing or you um, recognize. So people who are doing it for a literal fast, right, and fasting during the day or fasting from meat, and Catholics have that tradition, um, and fasting from meat on that. Like when you get hungry, you go to Jesus. Mm. When your stomach starts rumbling, you're like, man, I'm hungry right now. All right, now I'm praying. And so it becomes... It becomes an instrument that draws us closer to God. Well, I have, okay, I've never done it like that before. Yeah. I've just been like your regular sinner that just <laughs> probably like gave up 
oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't even know. I don't Giving even... Giving up complex carbohydrates. Yeah, let's yeah. maybe. And not really ever thought about... I just was writing down some notes like drawing close to God or like even like depending on God to get me through it. And then it reminded me of a scripture and I'm going to botch it when I say okay. it. So please just go with me. But it, And I don't even know where it is, but it's the scripture that says like no to- temptation will consume you that god will help you find a way out of it uh-huh. what what scripture is this come on mm. oh my gosh i know it's there i have tried to remember no, 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 no. um let, let me i don't know i have to think on it well for, you think on it but i mean <laughs> while I, you talk when you do i think it kind of goes perfectly with like the lent season because not now that i'm thinking about it in the way that we're supposed to think about it yeah that you're depending on god to get you out of like whatever the temptation is, whatever you've given up, if it's cokes or mm. complex carbohydrates, but yeah. like you're just suffering a little bit and like forcing yourself to depend on God. No, a hundred percent, and that's th- that's the whole idea of drawing close to Him, right? So that that there's a there's a reason for the fasting, there's a reason for the sacrifice, there's a reason for the suffering, if you will. Um, and, and again, it depends on what tradition you're coming out of, of how you lean into that kind of thing and trying to get in tune with it. Um, is it necessary? I, mean, I don't know um, at all. Like, Because whether you participate in Lent or right. you don't, that mean doesn't make you a, a better person doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't you know i don't think it's gonna earn you an extra star in heaven or whatever you, you know like god's gonna love you more if you practice lamp but he's not gonna love you as much if you don't because that's that's ludicrous god's love for you is not going to change whether you practice lamp or whether you don't right. there's a ton of christians out there that don't know about it don't care about it don't do it and maybe they do know and they're like yeah i'm not doing that um but then there's a there's a lot of christians out there who take it very seriously um and it's a part of their spiritual walk their spiritual journey bottom line though is if it's not drawing you close to jesus it doesn't really matter if it's making you more holy from a religious standpoint I mean, the, it's the religious people that Jesus has the biggest problem with yeah so if you think it makes you better you know and you're better at doing stuff Man, if that's all you're getting out of it, but it's not actually drawing you closer in a relationship. If it's not making you more like Jesus, right. that's a good way to think about it. If it's not making you more like him, you're not becoming more compassionate, more hopeful, more kind, more joyful. Like if it's not making you more like Jesus, then you're missing the point. Well, you always have such a good perspective, but if there's one thing that you've ingrained in our heads as our pastor is the relationship. Like mm-hmm. you, you're always like pounding that into our heads. Like relationship comes first over like religion and rules and all that kind of stuff. Hundred percent. So I guess the same thing applies to Lent. Yeah, a hundred percent. All right, First uh, Corinthians chapter ten. Let's okay, can... read it. What is it? No, 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 no I got to pull it up. First <laughs> oh. uh, Corinthians is where we're gonna go, and we will know this passage of God providing a way out of our temptations. Let's see what happens. First Corinthians. Oh, sorry, hold on. We got to refresh here. I, I don't know if you um, use the Bible app. I use the Bible app All on my time. phone. I can't um, use it on my phone right now, though. Um, but if you use it on your computer, which you can, um, if you hadn't been on there, like, if, like like the last time I was on here was yesterday. So get on it today, and you try to go to it. Um, it it will it like. I don't know if crash is the right word, but it'll kind of crash. Like you got to refresh and reset. You got to start all over. Cause oh, that's I like, so annoying. I just went from loop 15, which is where I was yesterday for the yeah. message. Um, and then clicked on first Corinthians and then clicked on chapter 10 and it was like psh, shut down. So well, while you're finding that, do you, um, I liked the scripture that you pulled out, um, yesterday. It's going to be online, right? 
So if anyone actually, I don't it. think so. Oh, um, okay. I, I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure that Kristen said, Kristen asked me, like, you know, do you want to broadcast this? And I was like, no, let's keep it in house because uh, some things is for us, you know, it's okay. for the church and, um, you know, that's not to exclude people because I'm sure people would watch it. But like, I think some, some things are good internal. Okay. Some things it's like, if, if you're there, you got to experience it. And if you chose to do something else, then you didn't well it was really convicting um it was convicting i you've preached on the prodigal son before um but it was just so convicting to like take it from the dad's perspective and how he never said like where have you been and why did you do this and you hurt my feelings and you know how you were doing that yeah, yeah. Like, what well, you know what what was their conversation like like when he came running back to his dad did, you know <laughs> but i mean it he he was just like, here's my robe and here's the fatted calf. And like, yeah. I love you. We're so glad you came back. You know, you were dead and now you're alive. And I was like, that's all that matters, right? Is mm-hmm. like, you were dead and now you're alive. And that's, you're, you are in the body of Christ now, you know? Yeah. And so that's what I took from it is like coming from the dad's perspective. Like, can I apply that? I don't know. It's really hard. Yeah. Well, of course, the dad in the, in the text, right, that represents the father. That represents God. Um, so the dad in the parable is Father God. And how he, you know, how he treats us, you know, how the dad in the parable treats his son is how God treats us um, when we come back. And what I thought was cool about this, this is, I told Hannah last night, I was like, I don't know much of what I said. Like, I know some of what I said last night. I said, but I'm telling you, it was like getting um, a download from God while I was preaching. Oh, wow. Um, and... I mean, that does happen from time to time, but not to that extent. Um, so, you know, I've got my notes. I've got all my pages out there. I've got stuff written in. And as I'm preaching, it's hitting me. Oh, my um, gosh. So the part about the activity, I was like, I'm going to preach that. But that wasn't written down. I just It hit me that he was more concerned about his activity, but the father was concerned about the celebration. Yeah. And, so, and that's where the part about you're already forgiven hit me. Because it says that this son was dead, who was dead to me, is alive again. Mm-hmm. Because he was alive. <laughs> and then he ran off. It's like, it's, you know, it's how many, how many stories of people who've given their life to Jesus and then just walked away yeah. for whatever reason. Or just got, got, got distracted. Yeah. Um, and All it's basically like, well, they might as well be dead. I mean, they're not contributing anything to the right. kingdom. But now they come back. Mm-hmm. They came back. And that's when it hit me. It was like... He's saying, you know, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven. You know, there's that confession. I'm not even worthy to be called your your son anymore. And the father doesn't even respond. I mean, I think the confession is fine, but there's no response. And Jesus is the one telling the story. So there's no response. It's just like, let's celebrate. Yeah. Like, I'm not even going to entertain any, like, it's fine. Because you're forgiven. Yeah. it's it's, a, it's, it's Your sin has already been paid for on the cross. You're already forgiven. No, it's amazing. The responsibility has come back. Okay, well, two things. Um, I love the part where you said, well, the Bible says that while he was a long way off, mm-hmm. his father's heart was filled with joy. Oh, I'm probably botching this While one he too. was a long way off, his father saw him. Yes. Uh, yes, yes. And so if, like, like, it made me think, like, oh, God, God always sees us, mm-hmm. even if we are making mistakes or really far away from him. That's 100% the implication, right, in, in that text is that, he was able to see him a long way off because he's looking for him. Yeah, you know, he's watching for him. Even to come when back. you're being just ridiculous, you know. And I didn't lean into it too much. I mean, I, I tried to stress it as I was reading it, but that's what I thought was powerful too about that text was not only does he see him far off, but the father runs to his son. Yeah. And so he goes to him. Yeah. Sees him coming. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna you know 
not, not even a meet you halfway. I'm going yeah. to where you are. Well, coming to him, embraces him, gives him a kiss. Yeah, it makes me think like God never stops pursuing us. You know, even just how how silly we can be in our decisions and how many times we can run away from God. Like He never stops pursuing us. Yeah, the, and and the restoration happens there, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you know, God is is there and He's calling us back. The only thing that stands between us and the restoration, like that restoration, restoring the relationship with our Heavenly Father, is that repentance is the change the way you think about this yeah. and come back. You yeah. know, go back to the Father. Go back to Him. Yeah, make the U-turn. Yeah. Um, the second thing was that the parables um, always reflect. There's a character that always reflects God the Father. And like mm-hmm. Shane, I didn't really realize that. <laughs> no. Are you looking at me like I'm an idiot? No, no. Um, I mean, I think if you don't study or if you've never really studied, you know, the parables and what they are. I don't know. I don't know too many people that would. Otherwise, they're just kind of stories. Well, that's. I guess right? I've just thought of them like as separate stories and like teaching tools that Jesus used to speak to his people. You know, and yep. I just never. I, you know, you just. I just never stop getting surprised, right? At, at the stuff that comes out of the Bible. Yeah, and that's. Um, that I think that I mean that, that that so that's a commonplace with the parables. So if you're reading a parable, the parables almost always, if not in de- you know always. Um, I'm just saying almost always because I, I didn't study I this beforehand. Yeah. So be careful about making a uh, 100% kind of a claim here. So they at least almost always represent two things. What the Father is like, what the kingdom of heaven is like. Mm. Those two things. Um, and I, you know, If it's not 100% of the parables, I, I can guarantee you it's 98, 99% of the parables. Jesus is using the parable to teach what God is like, what the Father is like, or what the kingdom of heaven. So what his rule and reign is like. What does it look like to live under my reign? What does it look like to live under my rule? This is what heaven is like. It's it was fascinating. I thought it I thought it was a really good word, and I think that's really cool that you were feeling like anointed. I guess that's the word by the yeah. by the spirit. So I think that's awesome. Did you find the scripture? I did. Yeah. Okay, so First good. Corinthians uh, chapter ten is what you were referencing, um, and it's um, round about. It's a verse twelve. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands, take heed lest he fall. Uh, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. What version is that? That's the English Standard Version. Let me read the New Living Translation because people are listening right now. And you may be listening, driving down the road or at work and can't pull it out and look at it yourself. So. Yeah, and that's not the one I feel like um, I tried to memorize <laughs> unless I just uh, did it wrong. I don't know. Or maybe it's not the one you talked about. But uh, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Yes, he will show you a way out so you can endure. And so I do. That was the one that popped into my mind when we were talking about Lent. And I'm like, you know, if you, you know, really take a, a, a big thing out of your life you really need to depend on God and the temptation's n- not ever going to be so big that you can't depend on God and he won't find a way out because absolutely will. he's so, going to show I mean that that's what you know Paul's saying at the church at Corinth is that he's going to show you a way out mm-hmm. and I would submit to you without even reading more into this and actually studying it is that it's always Jesus yeah you know, like he's always going to provide the way. Yeah. Um, so we don't have to over, you know, we don't have to succumb to the temptation. But even Jesus, when he teaches us to pray, um, you know, that little uh, 
you know, the Lord's Prayer, I think, is, is what we refer to it as, is, um, you know, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, or holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation. temptation. Yeah. Lead us not. Lead us away from it. Mm-hmm. We're asking God to keep us from that temptation. Um, and he will. And then when we are being tempted... He's going to provide the way out. Yeah. Well, when I have like asked for a way out, if I've just been in a situation that I knew I was going to be tempted to do something that I shouldn't do. <laughs> yeah. Do you know where I feel like it has showed up for me is distraction. Like something mm. has happened where it's distracted like others away from, you know, whatever I was doing. Yeah. That I was able to continue on my walk and not skew or yeah. go you know veer the other way but it's always been that like there's just or, or something got interrupted and I, I never had to be faced with like a difficult conversation or something like that yeah but I, I've just noticed the couple times that I've prayed that I'm like god please give me a way out you said you said you know that you're going to give me a way out and it's always been with distraction is there a, is there a specific example that you're thinking of that you can share or um, no well you know I'm not like a, a real big drinker um, yeah. and say, so, but I'm around it quite a lot. Um, yeah. and it's fine. Like I, we've talked about that before. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I personally don't like the feeling of like losing control like mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And so, um, a lot of times, and this is years ago, but the, you know, when I re- was younger and I felt like, you know, peer pressure, yeah. um, I would like pray before I would go out or whatever and just be like, please just give me like, <laughs> I, you know, a way out of this or a way to like steer the conversation in a different way so that people aren't saying like, why aren't you drinking and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, time and time again, it would be like, we'd start talking about shoes or we would just start talking. And I'd be like, I don't even know how that just happened, but the conversation is no longer (laughs) on me. Thank you, Jesus. And I know it's small, but it was something I struggled with, you know? Absolutely. So there's your... Cool. I was just curious. I know. You really put me on the spot there. Gosh. <laughs> All right. Well, we know that this has just been kind of like a recap. Um, we're, we're glad you're here. You were glad you listened. And um, I appreciate the word from yesterday, Shane. And, of course, like a little bit of education about Lent because I didn't know. No, thank you very much. And this Sunday, kicking off a new series. Okay. Um, so... Um, I'm calling it a mini series. So all three, so mini series, cause I think it's just going to be three parts. Um, but it's called now I see, Ooh. now I see it's out and it's out of the gospel of John, the ninth chapter. So this will be the first um, part of the message and, um, just a few verses for this first part, but, um, it's where the man who was born blind. I was just going to say, was right? it blind? Okay. Can and, we sing amazing grace, please? Um, I don't think, amazing Come on. Grace, but I've heard <laughs> the set for the Sunday is off. The hook. Oh. Because um, Kristen just, uh, at our staff meeting, um, she was like, y'all aren't even ready for what's going to happen on Sunday. She's like, it's so awesome. I can't wait. Um, so uh, the drummer on Sunday, um, is a, he's a guest um, with us. And apparently I said, hey, I'll, you know, I'll come back and play anytime. You know, just, just you know, if you invite me, I'll come kind of a thing. Um, but apparently he's a 16-year-old kid and can just kill it. He's a, he's a phenomenal drummer. So anyway, so I'm excited to, to meet this kid and um, to be a part of that for Sunday. But yeah, we're going to kick that off with part one. And uh, it's, it's being called, or I'm calling it, um, Now I See, because three separate times he makes the comment, Now I See. And, and of course, it's coupled with, I was blind, but now I see. Yeah. <laughs> I went and washed, and now I see. Um, he told me to do this and I did it and now I see. And so three different times, um, at least in that text, he says, now I see, 
And so, yeah, so that's why the, the series is called that. So no, I love it. I'm, I'm excited. Ex- yeah, I'm excited too. But you always say, um, to, if they, if he, if scripture like repeats a certain word that you really need to pay attention, pay attention to, to it. it. So I'm, I'm like, I can't wait to see what God has for us. And you know what else I love is opposites. I was blind, but now I can see mm-hmm. I was dead. But now he's alive. alive. We were just talking about that. And then, like, remember the, I I think it's a song, Wake Up, Sleeper, Rise from the Dead. Mm -hmm. Like, you are asleep and now you're awake. Yep. I I just love it so much. It's going to be cool. And I think it's cool. um, Again, we're three weeks out from this point. But at the end of it, it's funny. um, Because Jesus is basically saying to the people who can see and who have always been able to physically see that you can't see. You're blind. Oh, because we have no idea, like, yeah. so the exceedingly this, abundantly more than we can ever hope. Well, no, 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 he's, he's calling the Pharisees blind. Oh. He's like, the work of God is happening right in front of your eyes, and you don't even mm. see it. Okay. You physically see it, but you're missing it. You're blind. Because mm. um, they're so, so stuck on just, like, religion and rules, and is that what you're saying? And then they're not really seeing, like, the work of God. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. Like, men who know the text better than anybody. Right who would know the prophecies from, there's three times in Isaiah, um, and there's a, one other time in the Psalms. And so it's at least that. So at least four times in the text, the Messiah will open the eyes of the blind. And so here is a guy opening the eyes of a blind man. Mm-hmm. Not only just a blind man, but a man born blind. And that's why the you know in the story, if, you, if you're familiar with it, he goes, no one's ever heard of someone opening the eyes of a man born blind. But this guy did it, and you're saying he's not from God? Like mm-hmm. that's the testimony of the man who, doesn't even really know who Jesus is just yet. You yeah. Know? But he, it's cool to watch his story. Like, as I've studied it and as you go through it, he becomes more secure in his faith and what he believes as the chapter continues. The mm-hmm. more he gets questioned about it, the more confident he becomes. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and he's like, there's no science behind this. Like, there's no, there's no really way that I can prove it, but it happened. So yeah. how can you say that he's not? Yep. Oh, I love not that. Not until the end of the story does he even see Jesus. Because oh he was blind. Amazing. So yeah. They're, they're asking about him, and he's just, <laughs> his go. only response is able to be, well, the man called Jesus. He did this to me. Like, he picked me. He gave me my sight back. Uh-huh. So it when, has you know, to be him. So when Jesus finds him, you know, Jesus has to seek him out. He doesn't know what Jesus looks like, but Jesus finds him at the end um, and comes up to him. And, um, and you know, he says, you know, basically, do you, I think Jesus says, do you believe in the Son of Man or Son of God? I forget which, which um, descriptor that Jesus uses in that moment at this point. But anyways, he, he asked that question, and he's like, who is he, sir? And he goes, you're looking at him. And he goes, and then he falls to his knees in worship. He's like, I'm yeah, not worthy. I believe. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This so is it's it's, it's going to be a cool good. series. Yes. And so that'll, that'll take us up to basically, I think it's two weeks maybe, um, two weeks before Easter or three weeks before Easter. I can't remember if it's two or three, but yeah, it's, it's getting, it's getting us really close to Easter. Oh my gosh. Can you even believe it? It's, it's almost here. The it's, weather's about it's 39 to 39 days out. I know because Miss Emily gave us those little chains. <laughs> and so we get a scripture every day for the next 40 days. That's I thought awesome. it was so cool. That's really cool. We already, Miss Emily, if you're listening, we've already missed the first day of scripture, <laughs> but you said we're allowed to miss every now and then. So catch we're up, just, catch up this afternoon. that's exactly right. Okay. You guys have a great day. We'll see you next week. Yep. Bye.